Hello, and welcome to episode 68 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McMenamin. In this week's podcast, we are discussing the topic of leadership diligence. So, with that, let's go ahead and start the show. So, Sean, good morning. Good morning, Les. We're recording in the morning. Uh, I think this is the first time we've done this early in the morning. That's right. Oh. And I'm going to make sure I don't sound like I just got out of bed. Exactly. That's why I was, <laughs> that's why I was saying it, because our voices might be a little gruffer than normal. So we'll, I've got my coffee. We'll see. Yeah, that's the important part. So yeah. um, we uh, brainstormed a little bit, and uh, I think we feel like we've got a really interesting and, and uh, kind of an intellectual topic. <laughs> that's kind of where I'd call it. Classify this Saturday one. morning. I guess I guess yeah. all of our topics are somewhat in- intellectual, but this one's a little, I would, I would hope so. a little deeper and a little. Uh, I don't know something about it. So, so um, the title. Yeah, we've titled this as leadership diligence. Leadership diligence. So, the diligence word is kind of uh, where this topic is important, and I think we came up with two words. Uh, that kind of wrap this thing up a little bit, and it's diligence and vigilance. Vigilance. So, so why why do we want to talk about this? Um, you know, the definition of diligence I think is is very uh, powerful. Um, yeah, and, and quite appropriate for the conversation we were having before we started recording here. Yeah. So the definition is careful and persistent work. Or effort. Careful and persistent. I yes. think so. Careful and persistent is kind of the two words um, that we're trying to trying to focus on along with the the diligence and the vigilance. And so so let's kind of frame this out here. The reason we're talking about this is because from a leadership perspective, we have responsibility. And mm-hmm. that responsibility takes vigilance and diligence. And so, so why, so why, so why is this important? Well, and the reason that, that these words came up and we, we boiled down our, our prep conversation and, and we don't, we prep conversations we have, and we have conversations during the week Mm -hmm. and things that we see, things that we do, we try to mold into our topic for the week. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, that really struck me this week is that is that the effort to make changes during a a eh, I don't want to say crisis but during during tougher times is a lot more difficult and and it's a lot more um I say hurtful so here when I boil it down to if you if you allow effort and work to languish or to to carry on in a manner that is not as as efficient or as uh, accountable as you need it to be when times then get tough it's a lot harder then to make those corrections and and if we talk about people if if somebody if somebody's not performing the way they are expected to perform and and you don't do anything when you initially under see it happening 
and you let something go on. And then when times are tough, you say, well, okay, that's, that is the, the resource, the person that, you know, has to go. Well, now you're going to let somebody go during tough times where they might not be able to find another job as quickly as if they were, they were coached along. First of all, if, if you didn't go through that effort of coaching them and, and, you know, helping them get to where you want them to be in your organization, then, then they've got no ammunition in their pocket to go find something that suits them better. Yeah. So, so if, if I heard you right there, if I kind of understood what your point to that was, is, is the fact that, that by not being, uh, diligent, persistent, vigilant, we're not dealing with the issues that evolve around, you know, learning, safety, mm-hmm. quality, um, coaching, mentoring, all those things that we as leadership should be dealing with and addressing are not being taken care of. So I think our point to this conversation is the fact that you really should be doing those at all times, whether business is good or whether business is, is slow. And so your point was the fact that don't, don't save up those. Exactly. Yeah. Don't save up that activity until time is slow. And then you let somebody go and you've just done a disservice. Exactly. To somebody. And, and, I, and I don't want, yeah. And I, and I don't want to, you know, just focus it on, on people. Same thing with costs. Yes. If, 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 Purchases, you know, cost the rent that you're paying for some storage unit is is so much, and then and then you know you get to tough times and, and you're looking at the budget and you're saying, well, what the heck is this? And then you get upset because you've been spending you know two thousand dollars a month or whatever it you know might be on a rent a storage rental unit when you've got room in the back of your shop or the back of your office that you could store the you know five square meters of floor space that you're you're renting from someplace, you know, so, so don't, don't let it fester. Don't let, don't let issues fester. That's, <laughs> and a, that's then, a great and come to way a of putting it, but I hate that word. I know. <laughs> fester. I like, I, I like Uncle Fester. Uncle Fester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There might be a lot of young people that don't know who, who Uncle Fester you is. You know, we Look talk, up, we talk about words show. and mostly we think of the words that we bring up as being positive and powerful words, but I do have a few words in my in my vocabulary that I'm not a fan of. And fester is one of those words. It's just, right? you know, it's just one of those words that just oozes yuckiness. <laughs> oozes another great word. <laughs> oh my goodness. But you're right. I mean, not letting this stuff, uh, persist. I mean, that's one of our words. We, we, we don't want it to, to linger and to, to be transparent and, and out there, this is one area that I constantly have to work on. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say it. I constantly have to convince myself I need to address this now. I need to take care of this now. I need to change this now. I need to talk to this person now. I need to yada, yada, yada. Because, you know, and maybe this is just me. We as leaders, we sometimes get dragged down. You know, we need some, we need some, pick me up some lifting some, you know, we, we sometimes sit in our office and go again, (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) so we're human. So, uh, but the thing is, and that's why we talk to each other. But the buck stops with us. 
Yes. So, you know, we have, that's, that's our job. That's our role in life. Right. And one, one thing that I want to, because it always, it always sparks interest in my mind. Like when you said, oh, again, yeah. well, I always think, okay, well, how do we prevent my, my, my conversation with people is, okay, well, how do we prevent this? I don't, I, I try not to, you know, go into the punishment phase or, you know, the, the, um, reprimand, yeah. reprimand. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, how do we prevent this? Yeah. But you know, when you deal with people, the, the big sigh and the word again happens because you have many different people with many different abilities levels and yeah. levels mm-hmm. and strengths. That's right. So you, you know, I mean, and we, we do talk about process mm-hmm. and procedures and things like that, but you can't procedurize somebody. No, you really can't. No, you can't. You, you, you need them. Nor would you what, want I guess, to. No, you don't want to. Of course, you don't want to make robots. What, what At you, least, you know, we're not in an age yet that, that the robots are working for <laughs> yeah, us. I'm not sure I want to be. <laughs> I know. You exactly. Know, you know, we we are still uh, human and we still have characteristics that are important. And, you know, making sure that we're um, not removing the humanistic side of things. Because I think at the end of the day, that's the part that's important. But... We as leaders, there's a lot of things we can do to make sure that we are using our people correctly, that we are um, uh, ensuring that our process is being adhered to, that we are trying to make it a a place that is enjoyable to be, you know. Yeah. So, and I think that that's, and, that's what's important. Right. And, and I'm going to go back to the word persistent, because if we are persistent in in how we measure out that expectation and that that coaching, then it's clear to everybody as to who you are and what you want, and then and then the people that that work under you, um, they understand it and they can hold each other accountable because they can see the persistence and they know then they would know then what you want from their peer, right? And then you would ex- you would expect that you have built an organization with the culture that they would then help each other achieve the expected performance. I mean, that's what you want to do. You want to leverage what, what skills you have as a leader throughout all of your people. So that, so that then the, the, the group is working as one. Right now, persistence does not necessarily mean dogmatic. Okay. Well, yeah. And and here's what I mean by that is that there is a way to be persistent to make sure that somebody understands that something is important and continue to deliver that message without it being um, the hammer. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, and, and I think that if you deliver information in a positive manner, you know, uh, making sure that they understand why you're doing something, why you're having the conversation, um, you know, engaging them in solving the problem, like you said a, a little bit ago, um, making sure that they understand why we're doing it. I think that's that's all part of the persistence aspect, mm-hmm. you know. So, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't necessarily know the word of definition of dogmatic, but I think of somebody as beating on the desk and saying, "You will, you will," you know. Well, yeah, I think part of that definition, part of the definition is uh, without without. Um, Let's see. I guess uh, not looking it up, but uh, being dogmatic means that you 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 say it and you live it, regardless of 
anything else. Yeah. That there's no, there's no um, it's very, understanding. It's very black and white. It's just black and white. Yeah. And, and you know what? Uh, to be pers- be persistent in 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 your concept, you know, you can't yes. say you, you can't say you're you're persistent in you know just you know always walk down this straight line. Yeah, you know, it, the thing that that I like to do is it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter how you get from point A to point B because you're always improving, right? Right. So so being dogmatic means you get from A to B, you know, this way. But if there is a better way, and there always is a better way. Mm-hmm you know, in the process, then that's what you should be searching for. So showing people the the skill and the understanding of getting a better way, that is the persistent part that I think is effective. You know, one of the examples, and this is kind of a simple example, I think I've brought this example up before, but uh, um, I was very adamant about our forklift drivers wearing their seatbelts. One, because it's a OSHA requirement to wear that seatbelt, but two, of course, because of safety reasons. And the reason to, one of the reasons to be persistent is safety. Uh, your employees are valuable. Um, their safety is important. And when they get hurt, it hurts everybody, not just them. It hurts the whole environment. So that's, you know, one of those, those aspects of being safety being safe is, is a persistent reason to be persistent. And, you know, but the way I delivered that message was first um, stating the requirement, why we were doing this. Then I even put a little tag on the bars on the, the forklift so that buckle up was right there in front of them. And now I'll even make little jokes about it. And I'll, I'll, when I'm out on the shop floor, I'll say, Oh, I was looking out of the corner of my eye and you had your seatbelt on. I am very proud of you, you know, and kind of chuckle about it, you know, say, Hey, that's awesome. You know, just to make sure they know that I'm always aware I'm, I am watching and it's okay for me to be watching because it's that important. Exactly. And, and the good thing, the good thing there is that you, you commend them and acknowledge that you see them when they do good things. Exactly. You know, so you're reinforcing it. Right, you're reinforcing it, and I don't know. You, from your grandmother, you always you know <laughs> hear hear things you know about how how praise is worth ten times as much as as punishment. So, right. you know, pra- praising, praising, and not necessarily praising, but but making sure that you acknowledge that they that the team is doing something well, mm-hmm. uh, celebrating celebrating wins. I know that to me, you know, that's that's hard too. It is if it, if the team does something very well. Or, or and and does a good job, you know. You, you kind of want to celebrate, but then you know the problem is we're so busy that you know Friday afternoons you think, hey, let's have a little pizza party or something like that. Well, next thing you know, there's six meetings Friday afternoon. So yes, and 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 I say it, and back to back to something you said earlier. You have to you have to practice what you preach. Yeah, like you were saying you got to remind yourself. Yes, I always have to remind myself too. The same thing. Hey, if we're gonna if we're gonna celebrate it. Then just set a time aside and don't let those meetings happen on a Friday. You know that's that's a that's a great point. You know, talking about this diligence and and persistence, celebrating is is a big part of that. And I, I'm in my mind, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not being sexist here. <laughs> but oh. men, 
are not as good about wanting to celebrate things typically, right. you know, and it's not that they don't want to celebrate. It's that they don't want to prep for it, get it going, <laughs> you know, all those kinds of things. And quite honestly, women are better at that. And I, I <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'll get a bunch of emails, uh, you know, saying, Oh, it's untrue. Blah, blah, blah. We're the wired the same, you know, men, it, that is not true. We are not wired the same. Uh, anybody can uh, quote me on that one. Men and women are not wired the same. You know, there's definitely something different in the, in the brain between men and women as to how we think about the, the fuzzier side of things, I, I, I guess is the right word. What's the word I'm looking for there? Do you understand well, where I'm the, going with this? Right. Yeah. The more, the, actually, it's the more human and social side. It is. I, yes. I, I don't, I don't think. I don't think uh, fuzzy is the right word. Social, yeah, fuzz. Well, we are fuzzy. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't think you were you were saying it on the you know on the on the side that women like to do the, the you know the planning and the party and the you know stuff like that the, the domestic side. But it's, I think it's I think it's more of the human and social side. Yeah. Uh, that you're and we better not get into this because I am not <laughs> an expert or prepared on 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 talking about. The differences between men and women, although no. I do know we are wired differently. Yes, that's where the conversation on that topic needs to stop. Yeah, um, no but, doubt. but I think that's that's important as to why um, you've got to have a a good balance and a good set of talents because we need each other. You know, uh, unfortunately, my my environment is all men right now. Every, yeah. I have no women in our environment, and that does whether I like it or not make it a little tougher for that kind of stuff. You know, we try and we are somewhat successful, but um, I guarantee you uh, having females in the environment makes it even more social and more um, uh, much easier to do that. And then, you know, that's, that's a good point. And not just male, female, but one area that I wanted to get into is strengths and weaknesses. Oh, very good point. Yes. Right. So and, and I got reminded just this week by a colleague that that I really appreciate the input came, visited, walked with me. You know, I think, you know, I know what's going on <laughs> around my my area and, uh, you know, was able to was able to bounce things off of this person. And they, they wrote back and said, you know, the, the thing that you always have to remember is that you can't do it all and you really need to list your strengths and your weaknesses, and then you get people to fill in those weaknesses. Don't get people, don't get people to mirror what you do, what you like to do, what you already do. Right. Get people to, get people to, to do the things that, that you're not great at, that, that you don't enjoy doing. And it's not, you know, the, the more tedious work or something like that. It's, it's the strategic areas that you are not as good as you need to be in. Well, get, because, because get, being spread so thin. <clears throat> yeah, be spread so thin or, you know, just, you know, kind of like generating reports or something like that. Whatever whatever it might be that if you're not that good at it um, and you don't enjoy it, the whole point is make sure that you've got people on your team that that build on your weaknesses that can that can take care so that you so you complete the pie, basically. You need a Robin to your Batman. Yes, sir. That's a good, good analogy. <laughs> you know, there's uh I think the point to that is, is that making sure that 
you know, they always talk about when you're building a, uh, a team around you, make sure you're building a team that, um, su- supports your activity and fills your gaps. Um, I and, and challenge you as well and challenge yeah. you as well. Yeah. You don't want a bunch of yes, men. Yes. People. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's not good. Of course, there are days when I'd rather have a bunch of yes people around me. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's when you shake your head. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, it is important to make sure that you've got good, positive, hardworking, willing to do what it takes kind of people. That's what you really need. Whether they're, whether they're yes men or not, and you're hopefully you don't have a bunch of yes men. That's not necessarily the part you need to focus on. The, the part that you need to focus on is making sure you've got the right people doing the right things in the right positions. Right. And let me bring it back to something that I try to always remember mm-hmm. is that if you don't have the right people or they don't understand where the end zone is, where the goal is, yeah. you got to think back to yourself and, and how much uh, better you have to explain things. How, how, do you, how do you convey the message in a way that the people understand and and have the same vision because let's assume let's assume that that the majority of the people that you have are good people do do good work but if you can't herd the the group of cats you 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 come back to yourself and say okay well what am i doing or what am i not doing well enough to make sure that everybody on my team understands the vision so one of the things that i'm putting putting in place right now is it comes from a book that I just, um, well, I'm almost finished reading, uh, called Scale It. And mm-hmm. a very interesting book. Um, but one of the things that came out of it was um, uh, job description scorecards. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's a very, very interesting concept, and I kind of like it. I'm meeting with our HR person next week to kind of uh, see – if it's something we can put in place and, and, and utilize and, and I'll probably use, utilize them anyways from a, from a talking points perspective. Um, but I'd like to see it used across the organization, uh, as a tool to help us communicate what our, um, vision and tool is. And what the nice thing about it is, is that it directly matches up with each person's job descriptions. And I think that in most organizations, uh, job descriptions are one of those tools that's used to hire somebody and then that you never look at it again. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And so the point of this, this article or this book was the fact that we should be utilizing molding, uh, job descriptions and doing that through communication with the person. One, making sure that we're staying focused on what's important, then that's what brought this, this topic up is, is our due diligence to make sure that that person is focused on the goal, understands the strategy and utilizing this tool, you take the job description and you have another, so you've got the job description and then you've got the job scorecard and the job scorecard mirrors the job description, but it basically turns the statements into, um, how are they doing on this thing in their job that's, description? That's you know, it matches one per one. And it also has comments, uh, um, areas about how well do they focus on the mission and vision and your values within your organization. 
And then how well do they focus on what's important to the organization? And then it has an area where you talk about the goals. These are the goals for this particular job description and what we've set for this year. So it kind of creates an alignment across yeah, the yeah. job description and across the what what's important to the person. And I guess the reason I bring this up is because by taking that persistent um, aspect of, of how you need to make sure that people are aligned and doing the right things, it's a great tool for, for doing that. So that's my pick of the week. We haven't done a pick of the week. That's my pick of the week. <laughs> you know, I, that's a good idea. And I, I like that because, because then you, you can get into the conversation of the other things that a person is either asked to do or does out of the goodness of their heart, you know, yes. or, or because they know, or because they know that, that the mission, and maybe this is where you capture it, it, you know, they're, they're supporting the mission and vision by going above and beyond their job description. Yes. Well then, well then, you know, in, in my mind, you would, you would then add, you know, that item to the job description and then, you know, continue to measure it, measure them on it, but, but reward them for doing and see something the, above and beyond. This also fills the, the need for doing, um, performance reviews because I hate the old, well, not old, but the current corporate performance review tools because it seems so sterile, if I can say that word, so uh, unaligned with anything other than just here's a set of questions, how are you doing on them, and the employee sitting on this other side, you know, just listening, and it's not really a good conversation, and they're just saying, what's going to be my raise? You know, exactly. Yeah. I, I think, I think job, I think, um, sorry, performance reviews are abstract. Yes. There's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> That's abstract. You're right. I must they, have slept on the last night or something. Well, I'm not, I don't know. They don't, they seem to be so isolated in their usage. They don't, they don't align with anything that's important to the organization other than trying to make you have a conversation with an employee, which half the time is extremely uncomfortable because you're, you know, you're talking about things that, you know, don't necessarily align with what's important to what you're doing. Exactly. The end end result. Yeah. And so I think by relating it to the job description, it's now more in line with what the expectation is for the person, because that's what you were hired to do. And then getting a two way, two way street built, making sure that the organization is, uh, doing the, the things that we expect that person to do along with they're actually doing the things they're expected to do. You know, so um it, it just seems and, and like I said, I'm getting ready to just try it out, um, see see where it goes. But you know, this kind of goes along with our our leadership diligence um aspect of of it because coming up with um needs and requirements throughout the organization is something that a leader should be doing making sure that they're filling the missing gaps that create an environment that is healthy. You know, that's a nice, that's a nice uh, way to, to summarize it. And another, another way that I wanted to summarize it too. And, and I, and I'm glad you did it. You went back to what we started this conversation on uh, about, about diligence, but would something dawned on me as you were, as you were talking about this, this, uh, evaluation method as a leader, you've got 
so many things that you've got to make sure happen. Mm -hmm. We went in this conversation, we hit and touched on a lot of topics. Yes. Really a lot of, a lot of aspects of, of how you need to be diligent. Okay. So when you think about it and, and that's one thing I like about being a leader, you can, you can sit down and use your brain to think, okay, all these things, how do they tie together? How do I bring it back to the core? And then how do I communicate that? Yeah. So, well, so and I, even I think some, that was an example. Something to add to that. How do you bring it back well, to the core and do it yeah. effectively? Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. How do you do it? Yeah, of course. How, how do you do it effectively? And, and, you know, if, if you're not doing it effectively, then, and, and I'm, I'm making gestures now, nobody can see them, but <laughs> like I'm, I'm pulling my hand back into my gut and say, okay, uh, if I'm not doing them effectively, what do I have to change? What message do I have to, to send out there? And, and what method do I send that message in order for the team to get that much stronger? Right. Well, and the reason, yeah. the reason I wanted to add effectively to that is because there's so many things that um, I create that have the potential of being very uh, evasive, invasive, evasive, evasive in, in the well, environment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did evasive I, means to avoid. <laughs> well, right? uh, that that can hurt the environment. Okay. Uh, well, invasive. invasive. Invasive, yeah, would be would be something that got in and it did damage. Yes, that's the one I'm looking for. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so there are so many things that I I create that have the potential for doing that. And if I don't invest the time up front to make sure that I'm doing my due diligence to create something that will work for the environment and won't damage the environment. That's also important. Let me give you an example of that. I've been um, evaluating um, the potential for utilizing a CRM in the in, in the environment, customer relationship management tool. And I have looked at a lot of cloud-based cloud-based tools, um, a lot of purchased software, a lot of um, you know software as a service type stuff. Yeah, and um, uh, none of them just quite get there. So literally this past week and we, and this, and this weekend, I worked on it last night. I'm actually creating an access database, um, because I want to make sure. And I know that's not normally my first answer, but after I've gone through the, the look and the feel and the, um, cost and the users and, how they would work with it and what I need inside the tool. This is, it's the best answer right now um, because I need to pull together all the customers, contacts, and, and then uh, uh, potential business, but mainly customers and contacts here relatively quickly because all these people have that information local to their machine. And that's a problem. That's going to, that's a huge risk that the company has allowed to let kind of grow. And, you know, these guys have got, you know, on their personal outlook and email, they've got contact names and email addresses and phone numbers. And, you know, and while we've got the customers, 
um, company name and a contact in the ERP system, that's all we have. You know, there's nobody capturing, well, who'd they talk to in purchasing? Who'd they talk to in engineering? Who did they talk to in maintenance? Who did they talk to? We're not capturing that kind of stuff other than on their phones and on their email addresses. And so, but I don't want to create this big cumbersome, cumbersome. ERP yeah. system to do that and, and pay for it when I have, I'm almost done with creating something that is simple, elegant, and solves a need, but it took me as a leader quite a bit of time figuring out to get there, the diligence it took mm -hmm. to make that big circle. I tried out like three or four of the softwares. I ran them on my machine myself. I talked to the guys about them, and, you know, that's the big circle that I went through to get to the answer that I think is going to be the right answer for the time being. You know, maybe we will move something to bigger later, but I've got to get them all in one tool now, you know, mm -hmm. because I've got people that are going to be retiring soon. You know, that I've got, you know, if somebody got, like I like to say all the time, what happens if you get hit by the beer truck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so point to that yeah. long story is the fact that I invested as a leader, the time, the persistence and the diligence to make that circle to come to the conclusion of what would work best in our environment and okay. not just threw something out there and just picked something and said, we're just going to go with this. Right. And force people, and force to, people to do that. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Because, uh, you know, I can, I can kind of see the, the look on your face there. Oh, uh, access. Why would you want to build something in access? Well, <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. And I think we could have a long, long conversation. Well, because I, you could go down the ERP path and all that kind of stuff. You yeah, know, yeah. should you expand your ERP? And maybe we should, but the, you know, that answers quite a bit longer. I need to capture yeah. the data now. Well, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, yeah, because. And that's, that's an issue. You have to capture the data now because people before you weren't diligent. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. So, so just, just, you know, replace phone numbers and emails and contact names with whatever other topic you can think of and whatever, whatever is not being done organizationally to better the organization. That's where the diligence hasn't happened and pick one and work on it. And that's, that's why that's, we really, that's, that's why we really love this wording of leadership, diligence and vigilance, yeah. you know, and, and I think that, um, it's important, you know, this could almost be a, you know, a half day training session on, um, teaching leaders why it's important to not let any aspect of the organization go unaddressed. Very good. You know, it, it, you have got and and addressing it might be saying, you know, hey, uh, team, I need to take this. We recognize it. Let's put it on the shelf for a little bit because it's more important to tackle this and this. Because, again, going back to your friend's comment, you can't solve you can't boil the ocean. Right. And it's an awful big ocean in an organization. You know, yeah, but, no matter what such organization is, yeah, it is still big. You know, yeah. so you, you, there are times when you just don't have enough resources to solve every problem. But that also means don't forget about it. Put it on a shelf and and make sure it's very visible, so that when you do get to a point where it's you know it's hurting that it's not in place, or it, you know it's time to get it in place, 
you have a way of pulling it back off the shelf and addressing it. Because at the end of the day, the, the, the employees know if you're solving problems or not, if you're removing roadblocks or not, if you're dealing with issues or not. And if the leadership team is not doing those things, employee morale goes down, employee expectations go down, employee, um, you know, they just all goes down. <laughs> well, I, you know, and it's great. You can tell that we, we are a good team because you read my mind. I was, I was going to jump in there. didn't want to cut you off, but that's <laughs> exactly what I was going to make to, to put those issues, you know, on the shelf, acknowledge them, let people know that they're on the shelf and what the priority is, because if it's not an issue for the masses right now, it is the issue for somebody. Yes. And if it's the issue for somebody and they don't know that, that you understand it's an issue and will work on it at some point, they are going to, they are going to make sure that the issue gets highlighted. Yep. Let's put it, put it that way. I so, would agree. So, In some so, form or fashion, they're going to highlight it. <laughs> and, and I don't want to make it sound like, you know, employees are, are bad or whatever. It's just the human nature of yeah. the things that are the sticking points for an individual will get bigger and bigger. And, and, and back to your favorite word, faster. <laughs> if you don't address it, I needed to get that one back in. Yeah. Fester. Ugh, what a word. That's kind of, uh, 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 pus is another one of those words. Pus. I hate the word pus. <laughs> so I'm glad, I'm glad we ended, you know, on, on, on those two words, you know, <laughs> yeah, we won't, we won't uh, prolong this conversation, but in another, in another podcast, we'll, uh, I'll tell a story about words, a words, a lot of words. Yeah. So, um, just to kind of summarize, I think that, um, you know, our whole point to this was the fact that, uh, leadership must constantly push themselves to have diligence and vigilance and whatever it takes for a leader to have that you need to be doing that and i'll, I'll make a reference to the harry potter series and that i moody constant vigilance constant vigilance that i moody that's what he always say and it, it rings in my head no matter what i'm doing whether it's with my kids or at work constant vigilance yes people we are a couple of nerds also so you know it's okay yeah. <laughs> Well, Sean, I think that uh, this pretty much wraps this one up. Let's go ahead and uh, stop right here, and we will uh, chat with everyone else again next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man versus Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week. Mm-hmm.